Morning, five stones. Yeah, it's good to be here with all of you. Um, so we are continuing this morning with our fruit of the spirits, the fruit of the spirits series. So uh, last last Sunday we started with uh, Pastor John speaking on that topic, introducing to us the fruit of the spirit. Today we're going to talk about love, first fruit of the the. the the uh, first one, the first fruit of the spirit. So, I really love the uh, the uh, the fact that uh, John talked about how uh, he con- you know he contrasted the fruit of the spirit uh, with uh, the uh, the flesh, and uh, and and then he then he took us on a journey. Uh, said we got to go back because but the fruit of the spirit. So when you ever when you listen to the word, it, it, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, that means there's something that comes before the button, right? So you got to go back, and you go back, and it took us to a, to a journey to, to the book, uh, right to the start, right to Genesis, and uh, it helped us understand a little bit more what it means to be the image bearer of, uh, uh, of, of God, to have the, the image of God in us, and that's where we bear the, the fruit of the Spirit, because it is the original intent of God for us to, to be in Him, to uh, reflect His glory, to reflect uh, the fruit of what it means to be uh, part of who his, his kingdom, part of who He is, part of what it's like to be a, a, a person that's filled with the Spirit of God, to reflect uh, the glory of God. So we are made in the image of God. We are, we have the, uh, the, we are the image bearers of Christ, of God, and, uh, and we are made to reflect uh, God. And part of the thing that we are to reflect is love. So that's our topic of uh, this morning. So let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, uh, the joy, the joy of being with, the, with you and with the people of God together, the joy of, of, of just knowing that uh, uh, today, especially when we think about uh, the topic of, of love, the fruit of love, that, uh, that, that it's all about that. When we come together, it's love that, we've, that we, uh, as we sing our uh, praise songs, our worship uh, songs of, of you, we're singing of your greatness, of you, of, of your love, and, and, uh, and, and it's just something that just erupts from, from the depths of our being because we know that uh, somehow this is part of what it means to be led by the Spirit, to be in your Spirit, and to, to be led by you into, into, into the worship of who you are. So thank you, God, for, uh, for this morning, for this, this text in, in Galatians chapter 5, to help us a little, to think a little bit more about uh, what it means to, to live uh, in you to keep in step with your spirit, and uh, so that we could uh, we could have this 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 uh, fruit of of living for you and and living so that your glory will be uh, reflected into this world. So help us to, as we think about what it means for us to be the image bearers of of, of God, that we would uh, as we think about this topic of love, that we would truly able to internalize uh, in our hearts that, uh, that we are to reflect you into this world and to reflect the, the love and praise of creation back unto you. So Jesus, be glorified this morning as we come together. Be glorified in, the, in, the, in this time of, of listening to your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, I, just, I just love uh, the the, the energy this morning of you know, the people of God coming together and, and understanding that uh, we, are, we are here. Why? Because of the love of God. God loved us. God, for God so loved the world that he gave his, his one and only son, Jesus. And that's the thing that, uh, that, that's, that we're going to be talking about, to understand the love of God, to, to uh, think about the love of God, and to uh, live out the love of God. So, Ah, as we think about uh, uh, the love of God, I think sometimes, and as, as Pastor John has already uh, mentioned, we have missed the mark of, of what it means to, to love. Sometimes we've missed the mark because 
uh, that's actually what sin is, to, to miss the, the mark of, of who he is, right? To miss the mark of, of the Spirit, to miss the mark of love. So we need to reflect a little bit more about uh, what this, this call to, to love is all about, what is, uh, because this is what God originally intended for, for us to, uh, to live out and to do. But we say, how? How are we going to live out this, this, uh, this, this, this love? Because we know if we read the text in Galatians chapter 5, the, the flesh battles with, uh, with, the, with, 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 the, with the spirit. And the flesh, when it battles, we, we struggle. We struggle hard. We struggle hard to live out what it means to, to, to love. So how are we going to live out uh, this, this, uh, this, this love when there is a struggle? Now, how many of you have heard of Corey Ten Boom? Yeah, oh, good. So you know who Corey Ten Boom is, right? Corey Ten Boom, she, those of you who don't know, she was... Uh, uh, instrumental in saving uh, a, lot of, a lot of Jewish lives uh, during World War II, right? And uh, she's this Dutch lady, and uh, she actually hid uh, Jewish people uh, from, from the Nazi uh, uh, regime. They, she hid them in her home and, uh, and, and saved a lot of them, but she got caught, right? She got caught, and, uh, and with her sister, so she got caught, and she was uh, sent to a concentration camp. And, uh, and, and, and you will know her story if you have read uh, her book, uh, the, uh, the Hiding Place. You will know that uh, the, the horrendous trials that uh, she had to uh, go through while, while living in a concentration camp and all that. And also all the uh, anxiety of, of, uh, of hiding Jews in your home. Uh, so. You know the story, you know part of uh, who she is, like, and she was, after the war, she was uh, preaching about uh, forgiveness and, uh, and all that, and then one day, while she was, I, th- I think it was in somewhere in Germany, she was preaching, and, uh, and after the service, guess who came up to her? It was the Nazi jailer. Her, the one who was in the concentration camp, uh, came up to her. And, she, and, and this guy, this Nazi, uh, former Nazi, because he became a believer. So this former Nazi came up to her and says, wow, that was great. I talk about forgiveness and all that. So I wanted to know if he would forgive me. And, uh, and so she came up to her and asked for uh, forgiveness. And, uh, and look up here. Uh, there's a this is what she, she was uh, going through in her heart, even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me. I saw the sin of them, the sin of those Nazi soldiers and guards who were seeing them, all, all the prisoners, all the uh, captives, seeing them, Naked, because they stripped them, right? That's, that's ugly. And in her, she was saying, even as the angry and vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. She was, and I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not, I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. Here is this lady, Corey Ten Boom. She's preaching about forgiveness. She's preaching about the love of God in a, ch- in a church setting. And then this Nazi jailer come up to her. How would you think she would have reacted, right? All her knowledge of the Word of God tells her to do, to love. 
and to forgive. But inside of her, this is boiling. So think about this. I'm not going to give you the rest of her story yet. Towards the end, I'll tell you what happened. But that's the reality, isn't it? Where the world hits us. Where it's tough sometimes, isn't it? It's hard to love somebody. And this is, is a Nazi jailer who so happened to be turned around his life. He found Jesus. He is a believer. He says, I, I believe in, in the forgiveness and I believe that God has forgiven me. And that's what this Nazi jailer told, told, told her. And we are supposed to do what? To love and forgive? It's hard. It's hard. And that's where we are at. Sometimes it's really hard and we struggle. We struggle to love. We are commanded. So many, so many commands in the, in the Bible. 66 books of the Bibles in, in the Bible. And uh, apparently, six, I looked it up, 684 times the word love is used. You know, in 66 books, 684 times. And that is in the, uh, I looked it up in the uh, ESV uh, version of the Bible. 684 times. Sounds like uh, God wants to communicate something here, right? <laughs> you know, he used the word 684 times. And in John chapter 15, verse 12, what do we read here? Oh, okay, next one. Yeah, John 15. Verse 12, he says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved. A greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And this is Jesus speaking. You know? We know Jesus taught that. We know all that. Um, another one is like... Uh, what, what is Jesus, uh, what, what did Paul the Apostle taught the church in Corinth to do? It says, pursue love, pursue it. So we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, right? Verse 1 says, pursue love. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of this is love. Pursue it, pursue love. So we know in the, in the scriptures, this is given to us, that we are to, to love, love, pursue it. Uh, and, uh, and of course, in, when, he, when this 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 here was, was written, was written before 1 Corinthians 13, which is the greatest chapter on, on, on love, right? And there is this thrust in the scriptures to tell us it says it's commanded, uh, we are to pursue it, uh, this is my command, you should do it. And, uh, but when you're in that situation with the Nazi jailer, what do you do? No. And then we get the greatest commandment, the greatest command. This is uh, in, in Matthew 22, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, this is Jesus saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And this is the great and first commandment. The second is like this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This is what sums up the scriptures. This is what sums up the, uh, the Bible, basically, right? Love God, love your neighbor. We all know that. We have been commanded. We have been told this is the greatest thing ever. This is the greatest thing to pursue. Go for it. And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, when you say pursue, pursue love, it says, go for it with all the gusto you can, you can, you can muster. Go for it. Hunt, hunt it down. Go for it. Run after it. Pursue it. Go for it. What do you do when there's all these struggles, though, to love? How, do you, how can you even start to love? How can you? But we are commanded. How can we do that? It's not easy. I don't know how. 
You know, if I'm, if I'm faced with the same situation with Corey Ten Boom, I don't know how I can forgive someone who has who's stripped me of all my dignity, right? Stripped me of all, everything that, uh, that I feel um, that makes me feel human and dehumanize me and, and bully me and, and so on. I don't know how I can muster any kind of love, even though he says he's a Christian or what. I don't know how. I'll be like, like her saying, oh, all the anger, all the, you know, all the, that's boiling, it'll be there. You know, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus himself struggled with loving. I don't know if you know that. Jesus himself, he said, oh man, this is, this is heresy, right? No, look at the Garden of Gethsemane. How did Jesus express the love of God. This is what God wants Jesus to do, to die on the cross so, so that we can get all the world rescued to have a new creation. And Jesus had to struggle that. You know what? Let this cup pass away. Right? Jesus struggled with that. Say, this, is, this hurts to go to the cross. It's painful. And he struggled with that. He said, not only once, but twice, right? When he was in, in the garden. So we read in, uh, in, in the text, in the, in the Gospels, how he, how he balked, how he wanted to escape. Let this cup pass away from me. But then he says, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Why? Because he had the kingdom of God. Talk about kingdom culture. He had the kingdom of God in view. And what is the kingdom of God all about? That God, basically, God, his father, will be king of the universe. It, that he would be recognized as king. That he will obey the king of his life. This is the kingdom of God. Not my will. And what is the kingdom of culture is all about? Bowing to the will of the one who is over him. And what is the will? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave just Jesus. So that none of us would perish but have everlasting life. Jesus went to Gethsemane and he prayed and he struggled. But we also see that in the struggle is the Messiah shape interchange. Jesus was praying. Jesus was connecting with the Father's heart. And the Father's heart came down to Jesus as well. And Jesus embraced the Father's will. Not my will, but yours be done. In the cross, in the death of Jesus, was the greatest expression of love to the world. For God so loved the world. So in this conversation, in this prayer, in this darkness, in this struggle, in this Gethsemane moment, Jesus on the cross, that's when new creation happened, when he died, rose again. Not my will, but yours be done. In this prayer, in this, in this submission to the Father's will, in this Messiah-shaped interchange, we get the template for what it means for God and God's people to enter into the pain of the world with all the love that they could muster. This is love. Jesus did not abandon ship. Oh, this is, this is too hard. That's, Jesus, take me away. No, God, take me away. J Jesus didn't say, 
I'm, I'm just going to abandon this whole, whole project, this whole rescue plan of the world, of the universe. I'm just, this is too hard. Because if it was up to Jesus, let this cup pass away, right? Let this cup pass away. Not once, but twice he's prayed that. At least according to Matthew. Yeah. Let this cup, it's struggle. It's a struggle. But here in the pain of Gethsemane, in the pain of Gethsemane, we can see what it means to really enter into love. It's going to feel like death, basically, right? It's going to feel like your insects have been ripped out. This is what it means. This is love. This is real love. Love that, that, that forces you in a place where you just bow and know God is working all things together for good. But also, He's calling upon His people. God is working all things together for good with those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. It's with those. Now that is, when I say with those, it is, it is based on the RSV version of the, of the English Bible. Right, RSV. With those, God is calling His people to enter also in collaboration with Him into the pain of the world. You really want to love? You really want to love like God? Look at Jesus. Yes, He struggled. It's not easy. But He struggled knowing what the kingdom of God is all about. He struggled, and he struggled with the pain, and, the st- and it's so great he said, that this cup passed away. I'm so glad that the father said, no, my son, don't pray like this. He didn't say that, but he allowed the prayer. He allowed Jesus to struggle. He allowed Jesus to admit the struggle. And I love that the gospel is so in your face with that, you know, and saying, hey, did you not see, did you not hear that Jesus himself, the Son of God, the Son of Man, was like any other man who struggled? So no wonder Jesus knows everything that we struggle with. No wonder he can identify with us. So here is Jesus. He struggled but he had a vision of what the new creation would be like. It will be a brand new earth and heavens, brand new. That's what Revelation 21 talks about. This is going to be a brand new heavens and a brand new earth, heavens and earth. And it's going to be a place that is filled with the glory of God. And just like this morning we sang, Holy Forever, right? You remember the song, Holy Forever? We sang that there's no other name, no, that, that your name is the greatest, your name is the highest, your name stands above them all. And it's that place where we, we begin to see the kingdom of God. We're gonna, that's why people just, I don't know, all, I know a lot of you just, your hearts just worship, right? Your hearts just went to, went to God, and I believe that this is what Jesus experiences himself, the holy forever moment, knowing the kingdom of God, seeing the vision, the kingdom of God, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah? And seeing that kingdom, seeing that kingdom in, in his heart and in his eyes, he bowed to that will. There will be a time where there will be no other name. It ain't going to be Caesar anymore. It ain't going to be the, the names of the, of, of the Sanhedrin or whatever it is. It ain't going to be all those things anymore, but that there's going to be one name, and there's going to be a name that's above all names, and that's going to be the, the worship of all the thousands of believers who will be there, and that's going to be a new kingdom, a new heavens, and a new earth, and it's going to be awesome. So there's a name that's above all names, and he bowed to that. No other rule, no other ruler, no other king. It is God's name, holy forever. And it's in this strange, strange love of God 
God is calling his people to enter into this strange where there seems to be a co-mingling of, of our struggle and our pain. And God, through Jesus, entered into that and says, this is it. This is the template for us as believers who know the suffering of the Messiah, who calls us to join in the suffering of the Messiah, to know what true love is all about. So Revelation 21 says to us that uh, there's going to be new heavens, new earth, that God's going to dwell with his people, that God's going to, and the word that God wants to, you know, the, the dwelling place of God is with his people. In Revelation chapter 21, the dwelling place is actually the, the same word in the Greek for the word tabernacle. God, so what the Apostle John is, is uh, saying here is basically in Revelation is you got to go back to the time of the, of, of the Exodus. Remember, God walked with his people. God led his people. Same thing's going to happen when the new heavens and the new earth comes around. God's going to be with his people. And it's going to be a love fest. You know, it's going to be awesome. God will be with his people forever and ever. And it'll be a place of love. But meanwhile, while we are all filled with God's vision and his spirit that lives in us, on this earth, we are called to join in the suffering of the Messiah. And the suffering of the Messiah will see how much he loved and how much he cared for the world that he went to the cross and then was resurrected so that this new creation can happen. So we read in Revelation 21 a vision that is fulfilled. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be there. And here's the talk of God understanding the struggle of what it means to live now in, the, in, in a broken world. They will be, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, the struggle. And death shall be no more. Death is defeated. And neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore for the former things have passed away. So today, as we think about this whole thing about love, I think it, it's... Is deeper than just feelings. Yeah. It's a vision of a new creation. It's a vision of, of God being the only thing that's, that's left forever and ever, and we will be with him forever and ever. And it's going to be lovely. It's going to be full of love for everything that we struggle here. God understands and he knows, and he will take it all away, all the struggle, all the pain, all the, all the suffering. That's real love. So we know what it means to love. It means struggle. We know what it means to, to be in a place where, where where we begin to see the vision of a new creation. And that's the, the impetus for us to keep on going, loving. So as new creation people who, are now, who now know Jesus, who now know who he is and what he's up to, what are we to do now? What are we to do now? Justin Martha, 
Justin Martyr said uh, this. Our next slide, I think. This is what Justin Martyr was saying. Yeah. We who used to value the acquisition of wealth and possessions more than anything else now bring what we have into a common fund and share it with anyone who needs it. We used to hate and destroy one another and refuse to associate with people of another race or country. Now because of Christ, we live together with such people and pray for our enemies. Because that's what Jesus taught. In the greatest sermon ever preached, from the, mount, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, love your enemies. How can you do that? How can you enter into a, this loving your enemies? When you begin to see who Jesus is, when you see how he entered into the pain of the world, when you see that he's calling us to enter into that pain with him, to enter the, into the sufferings of the Messiah. And Justin Martyr says this, you know who Justin Martyr is, everybody? No? Okay. He's like one of the few uh, first century uh, theologians, philosophers. And uh, this is the, uh, uh, Justin Martyr was, was there to, uh, he, I mean, he was he's one of those uh, early, early church leaders, right? Early church leaders. And he says, this is how we lift out the kingdom of God now. And he, he is, a, he is a, 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 a born into a Greek family, so he's a Gentile, he's not a Jew. So when he talks about another race or country, he's probably referring to uh, Jewish people and the struggle, the Jewish and Gentile struggle between the, those two. And uh, it's kind of like the, uh, the, the struggle between uh, Israel and Palestine now, you know, the, the hatred that's there between the, those two, it's just, it's boils. And when at one time they used to fight one another and struggle uh, with each other and uh, even kill each other, now this, this person who knows Jesus says, we now have a common fund, we help, we share, we used to hate, we destroy. Now what do we do? Because of Christ, we live together. Because of a vision of what? Of a new creation where all people will come and all be blessed with the presence of God. A new creation. So, they're living this out in obedience, they're living this out. Um, Tertullian, I, I don't know if you know who Tertullian is, but he's one, again one of those early church leaders. And, and he wrote about how the Romans uh, saw Christians. And, and this is the quote, how Romans saw Christians. This is the quote, see how they love one another. See how they love one another. They're living out the vision of the new creation. And Roman people, stu society stood up and, and, and saw it. See, because of this kind of stuff that's going on, they were sharing their lives. People who used to kill one another change, see how they love one another. I think this is the challenge, isn't it, for us as Christians, as uh, people who follow Jesus? Does the world now see the same level, the same kind of Messiah-shaped love in us? Or do they see fighting? <laughs> Or did they see hate? All the things of the flesh, or will they see love? Interestingly, I, I, I saw a study, it was done by Angus Reid. Uh, perceptions of uh, Christians, uh, if, they, if they were beneficial to society, and evangelical Christians, 74% of them say, yeah, we are beneficial to society, 18% uh, of Canadians say no. <laughs> yeah, 
Only 18% of Canadians believe that evangelical Christians are of any benefit to society. 74% says, "Yeah, we're 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 in good, good, good shape," but no. Canadians, 18% of Canadians say, "That's a different story. It's a different story." I think we need to up the game of love, isn't it? We really do. That's why I really appreciate Five Stones. You know, I've been here just about one year plus. Yeah, one and a half years, close there. Can I remember? I started September 2022. Yep. So, one of the f- best things about Five Stones is that you guys just embrace us. You know, <laughs> Jenny and I, we, you know, we, y'all just loved us and, uh, you know. Embraced us. I'm part of a cell group, and and they uh, just, they just loved us and uh, uh, invited us to their homes. And I, there was a uh, one time I, I talked to someone in uh, and uh, said, "Hey, my 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 roof is uh, some issues." And that person just came over and just helped me with uh, trying to fix the whole whole thing, you know, like and for free, you know, like. So, how can this happen? Except when people who have the genuine love of Jesus in their hearts, right? And if it troubles them a little bit, it doesn't even matter. It's just yeah, they're there to help. That's what I love about Five Stones. And I remember a time when, when, when Jenny and I, we were we were just struggling students, struggling, you know, in uh, in Winnipeg. But there was a church that we went to. Tiny little church, maybe a 60, 70 people or so, and uh, and then we, we said we want to get married, and they they just adopted us basically, <laughs> and and became like our fathers and mothers, and and threw us a wedding party, you know, <laughs> and uh, gave us even even my wife, you know, the wedding dress that she had, a nice wedding dress, nice uh, white wedding dress, the ladies of the church just got together and sold her. Uh, a dress. It's amazing, right? Amazing. Like this is this is love. This is genuine love. And I and I trust that we all will get excited of a vision of helping people and and loving people as they are. And we know many many stories from from our Five Stones family how how people have helped Maggie, right? Yeah, and and, and you've testified of that, and and so on. Just Amazing when the love of God is being shared from our hearts. When when there's this fruit of the spirit called love that has been lived out, it changes the world. It changes and changed my world. Changed my world, and I believe it changed Maggie's world. And it keeps on changing. People, oh, we got this treasure in us from the spirit of God. We need to. Just live it out. So let's up our game. If we are really loving, do it even more. <laughs> if if we are not loving today, say, "Oh, I don't feel like it." Remember Jesus, right? Remember Jesus. Not my will, but yours be done. And you don't feel like it, but you obey, out of submission. Than the Lord's will, because you know there's a new creation up ahead, and it's all gonna be okay. But it's not okay now. But it's gonna all gonna be okay. So, our Lord permits us, gives us permission to groan, gives us permission to admit our struggles, gives us permission to, 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 to enter into our own Gethsemanes. And it's okay to struggle. Jesus says, "Just didn't uh, did not say it's not okay to struggle." In fact, he did himself. And so let us. If it's okay for him to struggle, it's okay for us to pray in our struggles as well, and admit whatever 
cup of suffering we're going through, whatever cup, to say, God, don't you see? Let this cup pass away. And it's okay to pray more than once. <laughs> so today, as we take a look at all, all these things about the spirit of love, that's the fruit of the spirit of love, we need to enter into a place where we are clear in our hearts and our minds what it means to have a Messiah-shaped kind of love, right? A Messiah-shaped love. Let's listen to, uh, oh, let's hear what Corey Ten Boom's uh, end of the story is. Yeah, yeah. So she was saying, again, you know, like all these feelings, all this struggle was going on, and then she said, again. And so again, I, I, breath, uh, I, I breathed uh, a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, because this, this man came up to her, stretched out his hand to shake her, shake her hand. So he said, I, as I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him, while into my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. So I discovered that it is not on our own forgiveness anymore than our, than our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives along with the command, the love itself. Father, not my will, but yours. So what are we to do as a church? Ask ourselves in our struggle, when we struggle to love, when we struggle to, we can admit it, but we also call to be like him in service, to serve even when it feels like death. It's gonna feel like death sometimes. It's gonna feel like your insects have been ripped up. But that's what Messiah-shaped love is all about, right? It's going to feel like it's going to be ripped out. Your heart's going to be ripped out. You say, let this cup pass away. You will say that. But the Spirit-filled Christian, the Spirit-filled Christian with the Messiah-shaped love, with the Messiah-shaped vision of a new creation, would say, how can I help? How can I help? How can I support? How can I give of myself? How can I bless my community? How can I build up the church? It's no longer about me, but how can I help? How can I submit myself to the Father's will? How can I help? It will look like towel service, you know, like Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. It's going to look like that. How many of us would do that, right? To wash the feet of others, dirty feet. I mean, Middle Eastern sandals, dirty, you know, open toe, <laughs> and then go wash them. And that's what Jesus did. Took a towel and washed. It's gonna feel like we're, 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 we're dying. Mmm, doesn't smell good, but we do it like Jesus bowing to the Father's will. And this says Jesus, this, I love your example, what it means to have a Messiah-shaped kind of love. Let's up our game. Let's see this love in action. But sometimes it's gonna feel like agony. And it's gonna feel like groaning, but it's okay. And some of us need to say, I need to be a little bit more vulnerable 
I need to allow others to love me as well. And that's love being loving as well. Because that's how Jesus, remember he prayed, Father, not in my will, but yours be done. He's actually asking what? For help, right? He's praying for help. Father. And this is what Corrie Ten Boom did too. She prayed and entered into that prayer, that silent prayer, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. I cannot forgive this guy. So we are called to a, a dependent lifestyle in Christ. So let us be a people that are ready to admit the realities of the world and to pray like Jesus did, like Corey Ten Boom did, and pray in the struggle and then say, how can I help? How can I support? How can I love? Father, help us to think through this as we think about the fruit of the Spirit, as we think through what it means to let you lead us to keep in step with you, to keep in step of Jesus, to keep in step with, uh, with, with, uh, with what you have already done with your towel service, with your, with your struggle in, uh, in, in Gethsemane, with your, uh, with your eyes on, on, on the new creation, where the dwelling place of God is with his people and where there's going to be love, love, love being shared. Help us to see all these things. Help us to see how you've already started this new creation with, the, with your resurrection power that, that people who are enslaved can be set free now to have the glory of, the, uh, of what it means to be your image bearers in this new creation. So help us to live out your vision and when we struggle, give us the gift that only you can give to, to live out your love in this world. Help us to pray. Help us to see how the mystery of prayer, of groaning prayer, of, of this strange, dark Gethsemane that we have, to, we have to walk through and see how you are working in this prayer, in this groaning, in this in this time of entering into the sufferings of the Messiah. Help us to see how you can do that great miraculous work, the resurrection power that can even raise the dead. So Jesus, we commit ourselves to you. Help us to really live out what it means to love. courageously, being real when we know when we know you've already walked that same path. Help us walk courageously with faith, with spirit-filled faith and shape our hearts so that it will be Messiah-shaped, Jesus-shaped, kind of heart. So Jesus, give ourselves to you. Help us think through this, pray through this, and just be your people that will really reflect your love, that will be image bearers reflecting your love into a broken world, into a suffering world. Amen. In John 13, it says that, Jesus says that, for they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The fruit of the Spirit starts off with love because it's the foundational piece for what it means to live in the kingdom, what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus, what it means to bear the glory of God. Love is foundational. Love also is one of the hardest things for us to do. 
hard because we live in a place of brokenness. It's hard because sin is there. We miss the mark. Humanity has missed the mark. But God says love. The, the greatest all of all these things is love. That time and time again, in the 680 some odd times, is God calling you to love. It's impossible for us to love out of our own out of our own place. But even Jesus said, not thine, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. As Christians, we're called to love, not out of our own love, because that will never be enough. Not only is it never going to be enough, it will never You'll never be able to give the love that the Father has for that person. But God can. And the story of Corey Ten Boom. Corey couldn't do it. But God did it. But it required her to reach out and hold that man's hand. Required her to s take that step and say, It's not me, not my will, but yours be done, God. And then what happened was God's love came through, forgiveness came through. It's hard, church, but this is a command. For they will know that we are Christians by our love. So let's go and be God's love into this world. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord, that you are a good God. That you are a good God that is full of kindness, compassion, and mercy. Lord, above all of that, that you're filled with love. That you love the world that you came and you saved us. So Lord, as we go as your church, may we continue to extend that love. May we continue to go and extend that compassion, that mercy, that grace. For all glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be blessed. We'll see you guys next week.